Welcome everyone, we are about to begin Bezaz Hashem, Shalom Bayez, Shir number 172. In the book of Marriage by Rosella Pliskin, he talks about one way of really making a marriage stronger is working towards common goals, um, where you're both fulfilling your life's mission by helping each other. And this could happen even if the two husband and wife are very, very different than each other in personality, in temperament, even if they have different ashkafas in many aspects. Nevertheless, there is always some common goals that to reach their goals, they could feel like a team where the success of one is the success of the other and they encourage each other that way and they become partners in their life's mission. And like I said, each one may have a different role to play, but together you're helping each other fulfill that mission. And especially if you bring God into your home, you bring the Shechina into your home, when God serving Hashem is very important to the both of you, it makes marriage a lot easier because you both realize what Hashem wants from the two of you together and from each of you individually, and you help each other fulfill what you need to do each other individual. You're both raising a family together. You're both working on your character development together. And you are partners together in creating a meaningful and emotional, emotionally fulfilling life. There's a big difference between business partners who have disagreements and a marriage. Uh, when there's business partners, sometimes they argue between themselves or with a competitor and so on. Now, when they do argue, they both want the business to do well. They may have a different um, opinion, um, but they want both of them to be successful because the success of one is the success of the other. A competitor, on the other hand, is viewed as an opponent, and sometimes the success of one, you feel that it's the result of, you know, it's a failure of the other. And what's sad very often is that husband and wife often act towards each other like they're opponents, when they could actually view each other as mutual partners in a project, in a great venture. And you build your marriage when you see your spouse as a partner whose interests you care about as if you care about it your own. And when you both have those high ideals, you appreciate then each other's talents and abilities. And that is so crucial to maintain a healthy marriage. Zelik Pliska said he spoke once to a couple who felt they were so different from one another that they didn't feel they had any common goals. So he asked one and then the other, would you like to live a happy life? Both of them said, of course, husband and wife both. Great, that's your common goal. (laughs) So see how you both can treat each other in a way that will give you each a happy life. Now they both said they hadn't looked at it that way and it would make more sense if they have this in common. And he tried to explain to them, you have a lot more in common than you think. Like in this situation, you both want to live a Torah life. You may have different interpretations of what a Torah life exactly is, 
but you both more or less have that direction. You both want to eat, you both want to eat, uh, breathe, you want to have a raise a family, um, you want to, um, you know, all these things are very similar. And when you think along those lines, you become closer to your ha- husband or wife because of those common goals. Here's an anecdote that Ravzel Kliskin says in his book. He says, I was eaten up with envy. My spouse was okay, but not everything that I had wished for. Every time I heard about the positive qualities of someone else who had just become engaged, I felt more than a tinge of jealousy. I was consumed by it. I went to an elderly rabbi who was known to be an elevated spiritual scholar. He listened to my story non-judgmentally and with total acceptance and compassion. Then he said to me that each individual has a unique tikkun and mission in this world. Only you have your unique task to fulfill. People are not envious of the eyeglasses of someone else. Each person needs glasses that are appropriate for his eyes. So too, each has a marriage partner who is exactly what he or she needs for his or her life's mission. Your own accomplishments are independent of what anyone else has or does. So you work on carrying your mission out in this world with a simcha, with a joy. The joy, which is an aspect of loving Hashem and respecting Hashem, who has the infinite wisdom who gave you and is giving you all the tools you need, including the spouse that he gave you. And he felt inspired by this thought. And I can't say I was able to integrate this immediately, but little by little, this concept became integrated in my daily, everyday thinking, and it made a tremendous difference in my life. Another anecdote that I want to share, he says like this, he says, all through high school and seminary, I was more introverted than most of the other girls I knew. I was told by my parents, teachers, and friends, you must become more outgoing before you get married. Now, deep down, I said to myself, I know Hashem will find a chassan for me who will appreciate my love for being quieter. I once heard that an introvert is someone with such an inner rich life that he or she doesn't have much strong need for others. I plan to marry a super masmid. We both share a a love for his, his Torah study, and I would do everything I could to prevent disturbances while he was learning. I mentioned this to a couple of people, and they said I was a dreamer. It's almost impossible to find anyone as I pictured. I called a rabbi who I thought might be sympathetic, and I asked him if my plans were realistic. He validated my position in telling me most fellows would not be suitable for you as you are now, but you need one person in order to get married. The Chavetz Chaim's son wrote that his father would praise his wife as being a source of his success in Tyra. She would take care of all his material needs of his home without involving him. His marriage in Tyra was a partnership, and she was an equal partner. The person I called told me that he once attended an entire day of lectures given by nine different rabbis. It was for Hassanim and newly married Kaidal men. Over 200 young men attended. The, ra- the rabbis were from various backgrounds, Hasidish, Svardish, Lit- Litvish, Israeli, and from English-speaking countries. 
One speaker said it's very important that a couple talk together each day for at least 15 minutes. Another speaker said that is not our way. You should totally immerse in your Torah studies and have internalized betachen that your wife will respect you and you will have shalom bias. I knew what type of bacha I was looking for and passed up many potential shaduchim which sounded good but was not for me. Finally, someone suggested the man who would eventually be my husband. He was a big masman in the yeshiva. He was friendly. He had a healthy personality, but he didn't waste time. He told the shatran that he wanted a quiet girl who wouldn't merely tolerate his constant devotion to Torah study, but had the same ideals as he did. Even on our first meeting, he told me Torah thoughts. He told me how ideal uh, was how his ideal was. Rav Kiva Eger is discussing the words of Yerushalayim with his wife. That's exactly what I was waiting to hear. We are now married a number of years, and I greatly appreciate my husband's total devotion to Torah study. He appreciates my enabling him to learn without unnecessarily, unnecessary disturbances. He shares their Torah with me, and we study from Sfarim together on a regular basis because we are both satisfied with each other. We are free from conflicts and quarrels. We feel as joyous together as other couples who spend much more time speaking to one another. Now, here's an, that's an interesting anecdote, also to be taken with a grain of salt, because I know as you, you, some people are listening to this, they realize and they know that in real life, especially after they get married, they realize it doesn't always work that way, where you mamish have the same ideals. Sometimes it's not like that. Sometimes the husband um, does want to be devoted to his learning and spend less time with his wife, doesn't like spending time. She needs the time and vice versa. So you work out those differences. But the main Nakuda, what I was point, trying to point out from this anecdote and the previous anecdote and um, this lesson in general is that sometimes it's harder, sometimes it's easier, but you can find common goals in your marriage, in raising your, 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 your children. And even when you agree to disagree, you also agree to agree. And what you agree on and you have a common goal for, you work on together as your life mission, as your life partners. And that's a very important thing to know. And you could be very different from one another. Not like the last anecdote where she was fortunate enough to find mamish what she's looking for. Um, I read it because people need to know this too, and it sometimes happens. Wonderful. And if you're not married yet, you could dive into to that end. But what I'm also saying, and it's equally important, is that if it's not exactly what you're looking for, it's different, you thought it would be this way and it's that way, you, would, you thought that you could just be immersed in your learning and you realize your wife needs a lot of the attention, or the wife feels the other way, she feels she needs the attention and she realizes her husband doesn't need it as much and they have to work it out together, so they work it out together. But to be eaten up with envy or with jealousy, that is um, something that is not um, healthy. And it's important to appreciate your, your spouse for who he or she is and make the most of it, find those common goals, and work together on it. 
And I'm just going to say something on the side which really deserves a separate topic of discussion. Sometimes there is envy between the husband and wife themselves in realizing that some of their children are closer to one over than the other and they have certain chalisha sadas or envy in a sense. In other words, they certain they feel jealous. They realize they have a son, a daughter, or a few children that connect better with your spouse than with yourself. And that causes a tremendous amount of agmas nefesh. And then when you realize, we're going to hopefully discuss in future shiurim how to cope with that, the right attitude to have when that happens, because it happens all the time, and the right hashkafa behind it. But in a nutshell, you realize that a lot of times there's a personality where Hashem created different personalities, and some will gravitate more towards their mother over their father, sometimes more to their father over their mother. And the one that feels, whether rightfully or wrongfully, whether it's true or not true, whether they're overly sensitive or they nailed it on the head, and they see that one child is more uh, connected to the other spouse, your husband or your wife, don't be jealous of that. Encourage that relationship as long as it's healthy. Usually, Baruch Hashem, it is. And you are, should be happy with that fact. They're not so close with me as, as much as I'd like. I could work to develop that relationship. But there's no reason to feel bad that my child gets a tremendous sipuk and feels less alone and feels wonderfully connected to my wife and less so to me, or to my husband and less so to me. It's very important not to feel that jealousy, but on the contrary, to be happy for that fact. Yes, okay. So it seems at least externally that this child is more connected to my wife than me or more connected to my husband than me. So be it. As long as it's healthy, you encourage it and you keep on promoting that in healthy ways. Ultimately, that creates the true shalom for each one getting exactly what they need from the between each other and from their children and for their children and so on and so forth. Have a wonderful day.